1: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 upfront for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Take with the minds.
2: I will say this about investing. Everything you do learn is cumulative.
1: What well, I learned at 20 is new.
2: Welcome to another episode of Equity Mates, a podcast where we help you learn to invest in roughly 20 minutes or less. We break down the world of investing from beginning to dividend so that you can hopefully make some returns. My name's Bryce and as always, I'm joined by my equity buddy, Ran. How are you going, bro?
0: I'm pretty good, Bryce. A bit better than last episode. How are you?
2: Mate, I can't complain. Still uh, enjoying the Easter Anzac break. Having a bit of time off work down the coast, so that's nice, and it's good to hear that you're starting to feel somewhat better.
0: Yeah, uh, we've got always- the uh, we got the party well, this week when the episode comes out, so need yes. to be, need to be firing on all cylinders.
2: Absolutely. So, if you've just joined us for the first time, welcome to Equity Mates. Welcome to the show, Ren and I. Are pretty excited because 4th of May in Sydney, we are holding a celebration party for all of our listeners and, and mates. And it's a celebration of uh, our 100 plus episodes, the finish of Australia's next top trader and, and the winner, uh, who we will be announcing uh, this week as well. Probably already have announced by this stage. And all things Equity Mates and I'm celebrating the support that we've uh, had from all of our. listeners. So if you're in Sydney, 4th of May, 4pm, come along and uh, have a few beers with us. We're really looking forward to it. It's at Tilly May's Trinity Bar in Surrey Hills. So anyone welcome to come along from 4 till 7pm.
0: Yeah, no, it should be good. I uh, haven't booked my flights yet, but I will definitely be there. Don't you worry.
2: Not surprised. (laughs) 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 <laughs> all right, Ren, well, uh, let's get stuck into today's episode. We haven't had a chance to answer all of the questions that have come in over the last couple of months as we've been pretty dedicated to uh, Australia's Next Top Trader. However, now that that has finished, we have sat down and gone through all the questions that have come through Ask Us Anything forum on our website. And uh, today we're going to try and answer a few of them best we can. Now, just to remind everyone that we have managed to get somewhat of a voting system up on online Line on our website now so that if you do see a question and you want it particularly answered, you can vote that question. We will be getting to a point where we will only be answering the questions that are, are top rated because of the amount that come through and the limit that we have on uh, our time. So uh, let's get stuck in, Ren.
0: Yeah. So the other side of that is some of the questions we'll acknowledge, but we'll just tell you where to go to get the answer because we've already addressed them. That's for two reasons. One, because of the time, and two, just because we're conscious that we don't want to be answering the same questions every month for people who have been listening from the beginning. So, rush through your question. Don't be offended. We probably just have answered it previously.
2: Yeah, yeah, nice. So, uh, in no particular order, Ren, we'll just kick off and go straight through.
0: Do you want me to ask you the first one? Yeah, sure. So this is from Katie. She has a child who's only a toddler and she's saving money for that child, currently just in a high interest savings account. She wants to know what the best way to invest for her child's future is, both in terms of the returns that she can get, but also in terms of tax
2: efficiency. Okay, so obviously I will start this by saying we're not in any way tax accountants and uh, there's probably a, a, a good... It's a good idea to go and talk to a tax accountant about this specifically, but from my point of view, uh, from my understanding, you can set up a trust, correct me if I'm wrong, Ren, or if you know any different, but a, a trust would probably be the way to go from a tax point of view for, for 18 years for your kid. From experience that I had when I was in the bank, and I think, in terms of uh, investing vehicles, um, there's so you know it's 18 years. If if that's your time horizon, then obviously we've spoken a lot about high interest accounts as as she's already got. But uh, for me, it's not necessarily about. uh, I'm not going to give advice on which investing vehicle, but I could certainly. Speak about uh, the importance of just being consistent over that long period of time and, and diligent in putting away regular amounts of money, uh, because you know the value of compound over that period of time is quite powerful.
0: Yeah, hundred percent.
2: Can't directly answer that question because, as I said, not a not a tax accountant, but that would be sort of my starting approach.
0: I think one important thing is just to think about the difference over twenty years getting market average returns compared to what a savings account will get you in terms of returns. So I put it in a calculator quickly. Let's say you started with 10 grand and every year you put another one grand in your child's trust account. Let's say that that's how you set it up. So that would be 30 grand invested over the childhood. If you got 3% interest in a savings account a year, you would end up with 45 grand after the 20 years. If you just got market average returns, if you got 8% a year over the 20 years, You'd end up with 92k, so more than double what you'd have if you just had it in a savings account. Mm. So definitely worth taking a look at the market and in getting you know broad index returns over that time horizon. But yeah, as Bryce said, especially around the tax stuff, speak to a tax accountant about how you can best set it up given your uh, your individual financial circumstances.
2: Nice. So, Ren, we'll move on. This one comes in from James, and this is an interesting question. I know you've got an answer to this one. So, James says he was looking over the Vanguard Index Australian Shares Fund and found that the number of holdings was to him. So the, the Vanguard Index Australia Shares Fund is meant to have a total of 300 holdings, the ASX 200 plus an additional 100 smaller companies. However, when he was looking into it at the time, it only had 295 holdings. So he wants to understand why that would be the case, because by definition, it should have 300 holdings. So let's jump in. What's your answer, Ren?
0: Well, for starters, when we've recently had a look, it actually had 305 holdings. Mm. Um, so I think I think the first answer is when the fund rebalances. So as the index changes, the fund buys and sells the relevant shares. Potentially, um, James saw it when it was rebalancing out of a few shares and we saw it when it was uh, buying into some more. And so that that was why there's movement. I know you have a full answer around index sampling and stratified sampling, which I'm not really familiar with, so I'll let you touch on it. There's also just a really simple answer in some cases that sometimes companies have multiple classes of shares listed. And in those instances, sometimes the index will buy both of those or all of those classes of shares. So a really obvious one is the NASDAQ 100, the 100 biggest non-financial shares on the NASDAQ Stock Exchange in the US actually has 103 holdings in its index and that's because three companies, multiple classes of shares. Alphabet or Google, which is the most commonly known one, uh, Fox Corp and Liberty Global all have two listings. So in all, the NASDAQ 100 has 103 shares. So if you own the beta shares, uh, NASDAQ 100, it has 103 holdings. So you can answer this whole index sampling thing if you want to as well.
2: Okay, so... Another way uh, or reason for different amount of holdings is uh, something that I came across that I wasn't aware of, and I'm not sure if you were, but it's called index sampling or stratified sampling. And this is a way of gaining exposure to an, an investment market. And what the fund managers do is rather than trying to Um, buy into every single stock in the index. They will classify stocks based on certain characteristics, and then they buy into those characteristics to try and match the return of the index. So, that's a reason why there might be more or less stocks than the index itself has, and that's because they're trying to track the actual return of the index, not necessarily be invested in every single stock, because being invested in every single stock is actually an expensive way of doing it. And so that's why a lot of uh, these organizations that have low sort of fees, uh, that's because most of the time um, they're doing this index match approach because it's a lot cheaper for them to do it. So something that I found pretty interesting and wasn't aware of. Did you know about it, Ren?
0: No, I didn't. And honestly, it's a bit concerning because the, the whole idea of an index is that the managers have no... They, they put no thought and there's no active decision-making that they put into it. Mm. If they're making a decision on how they can accurately reflect the returns of an index, mm. then they're essentially actively managing a portfolio to get market average returns.
2: Exactly. What if they were actually investing or, or basing their characteristics on the wrong things or misjudging? Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, I found it very interesting.
0: And then do, is their incentive structure at their company set up that they, to keep achieving those results with less and less companies to save the company costs to improve their margins? Like, as soon as you introduce an element of active decision-making into it, the underlying logic of an index fund starts to be eroded. Mm. So, I don't know. Yeah, I'm surprised by that. And that's something that I'm definitely going to, be more conscious of and have to do some more research in. So, uh, good question, James. We may not have been able to give you a satisfactory answer, but it, it's opened up something yeah, for absolutely. us, Yeah, absolutely,
2: can of worms. All right, Ren, we'll move on. So, this one comes in from Chris. I'll, I'll ask you this one. And uh, th- this one question is also um, one that's coming from a, a number of our listeners, and that is, uh, why did we stop the model portfolio with our original ideas that we started Way back two years ago, which was the equity EquityMate's uh, hypothetical portfolio.
1: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
0: Yeah, it's a good question. And uh, it's something we ask ourselves a bit because it's, it's, uh, it's what, up 135% <laughs> yeah. on <or> something. So <laughs> we're missing some, uh, some serious voting opportunities. The, the reason is we didn't want to be giving buying and selling recommendations and we were a little bit concerned that doing stocks of the week and having a model portfolio up there was you know literally the definition of buy and sell recommendations we you know th- this whole podcast is two idiots talking about <laughs> stocks making it accessible if we can do it anyone can do it we aren't experts and we are we can't give financial advice and we were worried that we were treading the line a little bit too closely with the, the hypothetical portfolio. In saying that, I think we're both pretty keen to get something yeah. up again. Um, I'm pretty keen to, to do more industry deep dives, to start doing some you know, stock of the weeks or stock of the months and to get this portfolio back up and running. Um, but we just need to be comfortable that we're not going to run into you know any legal issues legal yeah. trouble or anything yeah. like that um, you know probably back in the day when we were small and no one was listening or reading our website we were fine no one would have cared but um, we just need to be comfortable that we're not gonna you know compromise the podcast by
2: getting dragged to court terrible buy
0: recommendations <laughs> and then someone blaming yeah, us for absolutely. that and you know where that it's something that we want to do and it's something that listeners are asking us about so glad that it's still front of mind for you, Chris. And uh, hopefully it'll be back up and running soon and we'll be able to show everyone how we made 135% in a couple of years.
2: Yeah, pretty awesome. So uh, (laughs) (laughs) anyway, we'll leave it at that. Um, Let's move on to the next one, Rem.
0: So the next question is from Janice and she, well, there's actually two questions here. So we'll ask them both. And it's about, it's about different uh, brokerage platforms. So Janice asks about a brokerage platform called Self Wealth. And the other question is from, sorry, let me just find Carl. it here in the list. It's from Carl, and he is asking about the Saxo brokerage platform. So, do you have thoughts on either or both of them and how do they compare with the variety of choices out there?
2: All right. Well, let's start with Janice and uh, thoughts on self-wealth. I don't use self-wealth, but it's certainly trending somewhat at the moment. There's a bit of chatter. So, they claim to be Australia's cheapest online broker. Uh, They have that claim because they have a flat fee as a brokerage. The beauty with that is that the more you invest, uh, the more beneficial it becomes for you, as most other brokers have a a tiered system where uh, the more you invest, it either becomes a percentage of your investment or the fees just become a, a little bit higher. So, you can invest $10, $1,000, $100,000, $10, $1,000, $100,000, a million with uh, self-wealth and you'll be paying the same uh, brokerage. So that's pretty good. And it's also Chess sponsored as, as an advantage as well. Some of the online brokers don't offer you that option, which means you um, don't actually have full custody of the share. They are actually the custodian. The disadvantage with that is that if you are to go and uh, change brokerage, uh, brokerage platforms, then you you get into a bit of trouble transferring shares. That's one of the disadvantages of not being full custodian of the share. Um, Another thing about SelfWealth that I quite like was uh, their community that they're building. So, you can actually see what other members of SelfWealth are trading the really good ones uh, you know, appear on some sort of leaderboard and you can track and follow indexes of other traders and get ideas and whatnot from other traders within the self-wealth community, which is pretty good for a beginner if you're looking for inspiration. Um, and I also like that they have live pricing. So you can go on a lot of brokerage platforms, their pricing is delayed about 20 minutes. So if you're trying to make quick decisions, it, it can prove a bit difficult, but uh, self-wealth uh, gives you live pricing. However, they only offer Australian markets. So, if you're looking for an international option, then it might be best to look elsewhere. So, that's my thoughts on self-wealth. Did you have anything to add, Ren?
0: No, I didn't. Quickly, Do you want to quickly go through Saxo as well?
2: Yeah, sure. So, Saxo, I think the main thing that Carl was concerned about was stability because they do $6.99 trades. Uh, You want to know, do we think it's a trustworthy company to use Uh, because it seems quite cheap. So I had a bit of a look into it. It's certainly a credible company. It's huge. It's international. They offer a multitude of different products from leveraged through to your trading of international stocks and options and that sort of stuff. The reason that you can get a $6.99 trade is what I was talking about before is that's because you are not a custodian of the share, if you do a $6.99 trade, if you want to take full ownership of the stock, then the brokerage is $14.90. So, but you are the custodian. Um, you, you do own the stock in both instances, but the $6.99, as I said, is a custodian model. So, that's pro- that's why it's a lot cheaper.
0: Yeah. So, look, I think in general, let's not get bogged, too bogged down in the specifics of chess-sponsored custodian. Yeah. yeah. The main thing is, a lot of these make sure you're comfortable that the brokerage platform has the information you need, and it isn't some dodgy scam site. That it's a credible company, and you can you can see that. And then it's just whatever feels right for you, where the costs are right for you, and the information's right for you. Realistically, if you're with IG, if you with Selfwealth, if you are with Saxo, if you're with some of the big four banks if you with cmc whoever you're with they're, at the end of the day they're on much of a muchness they're giving you access to the same market so yeah look i get i get that it's a daunting decision if you're starting out but don't let perfection be the enemy of the good mm. it's, be, it's better to just choose a brokerage platform uh rather than let this first decision not let you access the actual market that you're trying to access.
2: Mm. Okay, Ren. So let's move on. We are getting towards the end. So I'll ask you a one on shorting from Daniel. Yep. Uh, He says, if I placed a buy for $10 to short a stock, what would happen if the price goes up? And what happens when the price goes down? Is this just a reverse of going long on a stock? Is it that simple?
0: So uh, it's probably worth clarifying and I'm conscious of time, but you can't just buy a short position in a stock. There's really two ways you can do it. One way is you borrow the stocks from someone and then you sell it and then with a promise to buy it later on. Or the other one is you buy put options. Trading options is not for beginners, but it's the way that people, you know, everyday investors like us can short stocks. It's very unlikely that we could go to a big institution and borrow the shares to short a company. But to answer the question, essentially, if you borrow the stocks and the price goes up, you just have to buy it back at whatever the price is when you've promised to buy it back. Um, so you, uh, uh, you, you, there's sort of an uncapped downside for you. You know, the stock can go infinitely high and you're on the hook to buy it. If you buy put options and the stock price goes up, and then you, your options will expire, and you don't have to buy the stock, but you're, you, you lose the money that you spent to buy the option. So unfortunately, um, but you can lose money. I think if you're interested in shorting, the, the way to go as a retail investor Unless you have connections with big institutions or friends with a lot of shareholdings and you can borrow, which is unlikely, you're going to have to trade options. So the main thing is to really understand options before you start doing it. And that is something that we're not going to be able to teach you through a podcast or especially through an Ask Us Anything episode. So you might need to do a bit more study um, before you get involved in that.
2: Mm. Yeah completely agree. I think there's a business there for someone if they can make uh, shorting stocks as easy as buying for, for the average retail investor in a nice app, then they'd do pretty well for themselves. Well, Shotgun. Shock yeah.
0: <laughs> if, you, if you can figure out the mechanics of that, mate, I yeah, think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, okay. Next. So this will be the last questions, just for our listeners. There's a couple on limit orders and stop losses. We did a couple of next top trader episodes on that. Go back and listen to those; they should be able to answer your questions. All right. So Bryce, last one for you, and then we'll wrap this episode up. So Will has just started listening to the podcast, and he's a start and is listening, but you know we've sort of released 130 odd episodes, and so he wants to know. Which are the key ones he should listen to, to get, uh, you know, the the cliff notes version of the Equity Mates experience, so he can uh, <laughs> start investing. What do you recommend in terms of the key episodes to listen to?
2: Great question. Uh, obviously, every single episode is incredibly important and of <laughs> incredibly high quality, so <laughs> don't miss any of them. We have created a few playlists on our website that break down a lot of the content into categories, I guess. So we've got a playlist with all of the interviews that we've done with expert investors over the last two years. We've also got a playlist that uh, has all of the fundamentals and basic 101 episodes that we've done right from the very beginning through to now. So if you do want to start with the absolute basics, then that would be a great place to do it. Obviously, we can't put those playlists through your iTunes or Spotify feed or whatever it may be, but uh, you'll just be able to create them yourselves based on what we've done on our website or listen through our website. Uh, We've also got all of our episodes from Australia's Next Top Trader in a playlist for you. And they are also all basic 101 stuff with a bit more of a focus on the shorter term aspect of trading rather than the, the longer term that we've been talking about over the last couple of years. So a website's the place to go. We've got it all set up for you there. And then I would just check out the titles in your podcast feed and see what suits you. But uh, I think we find, Ren that most of our listeners start from the first one and then smash smash their way through.
0: Yeah, which I'm surprised by because I rarely go back to the very beginning of a podcast, but mm. but full credit.
2: I guess if you're literally trying to learn to invest like we say we are, then you've got to start at the start.
0: That's it. That's (laughs) it.
2: All right, Ren. Well, let's leave it there. It was a big uh, "Ask Us Anything." There are a couple of questions that we have unfortunately not been able to answer just due to the time. But as we said, keep them coming in. Facebook message us, um, ask us anything. Forum email. We will do our best to answer them when we can, and then Ren will update the website so that we can get some sort of voting functionality really locked in place. Well, so. I think
0: I think the main thing is to get to maximize the value of these episodes jump online to the Ask Us Anything section of our website and like the questions that you want us to answer and we'll answer the questions with the most likes. And while we're doing that in the background, I'm trying to figure out how we can get some Reddit-style upvote, downvote functionality to that page so we can really have it that you guys decide what questions we answer every month.
2: Yeah. Yeah. We did have a listener, Will, help us out with the liking. So a massive thanks for that on our website. Um, we're just trying to now update to a bit more of a Reddit style, as Ren was saying. So let's leave it there. I uh, hope everyone can make it to the party this weekend. Um, Ren and I will be investing a bit of money behind the bar for those that can, that can get there on time. Um, and I think it's going to be good fun, Ren. the inaugural Equity Mates party.
0: Yeah, 100%.
1: Equity mates and the people appearing in this program may have positions in the companies mentioned. This is general advice only. Please speak to a financial professional to understand how they pertain to your individual situation. Equity mates. I will say this about investing. Everything you do learn is cumulative. What I learned at 20 is you. Equity.